Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chatty Kathy. This is Kathy Prohorov, and I'd like to talk to you today about chronic stress and in terms of how to deal with stressful times in our lives with maybe we don't even realize we're under stress and what that looks for looks like inside of our body and how we're feeling. And the reason I'm touching so much on stress is because it seems to be one of the biggest topics these days, as well as how to gain results inside of our body and our lives in our uh, immune systems, our wellness, uh, having the healthy, strong body that we all desire to have. And yet stress is one of those issues that we keep running up against. So let me just start by asking you a question. When you wake up in the morning, do you feel tired after maybe you've even slept eight hours or more? Uh, Do you find yourself turning to drinking more coffee or caffeine, having more sugar craving, salt, and fat uh, in order to help keeping you functioning in this busy world, in this busy life that we have? Do you find yourself skipping out on workouts because you're too tired or you lack the energy? And if you do end up pushing through a workout anyway, you find that you can't pump out as many reps as you used to, or you can't lift as heavy as you did before, or you can't run as quickly as you did before. Do you find yourself getting injured easier and experiencing more sick days than before? And if you're someone who tracks things like your morning heart rate and your temperature when you wake up, chances are if you're struggling with this chronic stress, you're finding that your heart rate is creeping up higher than it used to be and while your temperature is going down. And this, at the end of it all, is what we call stressed out and fatigued and dealing with chronic stress. Now, you might not even have to consider the fact that you might be dealing with this stress uh, or overly stressed in your body because most often we just associate this as something our normal life, right? We don't, we associate stress uh, as something that's in a heightened state, like an alarm system, but stress over time takes on a different form inside of our busy lives. And now with the uncertainty this year of the pandemic, uh, maybe dealing with scars from childhood traumas or issues, uh, Uh, never-ending pressures that we have inside of parenthood or jobs or finances, you name it. We have accumulated stress that is quietly breaking us down over time. And it's a big problem in terms of being able to deal with the viruses and the illnesses around us. Being able to work on creating a stronger environment inside of us is important to consider. So we don't even think about it because we've been doing this now for so long that we consider that this is actually normal. This is our new normal and it's not a good new normal, uh, but it can be changed. So as a result, you might find yourself feeling foggy, you know, that foggy brain, not really clear, forgetful, uh, feeling listless, just really just the energy is just not there. You're just tired all the time, Um, more bloated than before, sore muscles, maybe you're not even working out like you used to. So all of these are a result of, again, that chronic stress. That chronic stress depletes our adrenal glands. And this is what I want to talk to you about. This was often referred to as um, when people were dealing with chronic fatigue or chronic stress. uh, You know, it was referred to many times uh, for many years that someone was experiencing adrenal fatigue. 
Well, I did uh, an intense six-month training plan, um, extreme dieting phase, uh, when I was training to compete in a fitness competition at the age of 40. Uh, And as a result of all of that extreme two-plus hours a day training in the gym, um, my extreme dieting, you know, it was very, very uh, specific and uh, very depressing deprivational, obviously with calories and nutrition. Um, after all was said and done and I finished my competition, I experienced I experienced these symptoms that I just asked you if you're dealing with. And I self-diagnosed myself as having adrenal fatigue because that's what everybody was talking about. And in, in that, uh, I fit all of the, you know, I checked all the boxes off. Um, I couldn't exercise anymore. I did not have the energy or the mindset. I actually started to hate it. And I was really sad about that because that had been something that I've grown to uh, love because of how it made me feel and the results that it had given me. So I just stopped going to the gym. I stopped doing everything. I did some yoga, but I really didn't even want to do anything. I Again, I had no energy. I had no interest in eating anything that resembled the food plan that I had been eating before. I didn't want salads. I didn't want chicken breasts. I didn't want fish. I didn't want vegetables. I just didn't want any of the healthy foods. So I was just eating processed foods, high sugar foods. You know, it was my body's way of dealing with all of that extreme uh planning or, or extreme, uh, you know, habits that I had been incorporating into the past six months. And I was just burnt out. I was burnt out on everything that I have ever done in order to take care of myself. And as a result of me being done and of that extreme phase that I had gone through, I quickly gained 30 pounds of mostly fat in just eight weeks time. And I thought that my years of taking care of myself were over. I was really depressed and I went into my own seclusion. I just was very, very down. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I, I just... I really had no energy to do much at all. So, and then my mind was just in a state of depression. However, recent studies now have confirmed that adrenal fatigue is not even a thing. So even though I was able to work my way through it, I allowed myself as much time as I needed to heal. And I'm going to give you some tips today if you are dealing with some of these symptoms. But if you've been naming it adrenal fatigue or you've thought maybe it could be, I just want to you know, nix that out right now. That is not even a thing. There were two doctors from the adrenal and hypertension unit of a Brazil university that concluded through over 58 studies that they did, different studies, that adrenal fatigue is not a thing and it does not exist. So, and they're evidence that convinced them of these findings that is does not exist was because most of the people who were tested for this condition, their cortisol levels were normal. So, if their cortisol levels were normal, their adrenal glands weren't depleted at all. So that's not the thing. That's not the case. And it has not been the case. So what's the deal? Like, what is it then? If adrenal fatigue isn't a thing, that doesn't exist. What's going on? And it all has to do with the stress response inside of our bodies. And it's just basically not working as it should. So how a stress response works is our brain tells us when we're stressed out. And, and then it secretes a hormone in response to that stress. And then our adrenal glands are instructed to make more cortisol and adrenaline, okay? And once your adrenals, adrenals pump out that cortisol, they then let your brain know, hey, I did my job, I'm done. And at that point, your brain flips off the stress alarm. It shuts, us, shuts everything off. And if you weren't so chronically stressed, that would seem to work just fine. And 
it does work just fine when things are moving just fine, when things are working just fine, and we're allowing ourselves to have that uh, release and we're not being chronically stressed. But when we're facing too many stressors and when they're too close together for too long of a time period, this system then just malfunctions. It's just not working correctly. So your adrenals either aren't telling your brain that they did their job, you know, they're just not sending that signal, or your brain doesn't get the memo. And either way, the cortisol production stays pumping. It's just pumping into your body and it should be switched off, but just constantly pumping into your body. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why you're just always feeling that, that it, all these issues in the internal stress. So, now, before you start adding more stress to your body, because I'm giving you all of this negative information, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I don't know, what am I going to do? There is good news. So uh, the point of today's uh, podcast is to just give you that information, allow you to just figure it all out if you're dealing with this. And I have a little quiz for, t- for you to take today too. But understanding that there is good news, just being aware of it is number one. And then number two is taking action on what you can do. Because if you've been beating yourself up for say, skipping out on workouts or say chowing down on boxes of Oreo cookies, or just sitting there and mindlessly scrolling through social media platforms or just mindlessly watching Netflix shows when you should be working, <laughs> doing things, right? I just want to give, uh, let you off the hook and tell you to give yourself a break already. All right. First of all, you are not lazy. Now, yeah, you might be stuck in a situation that happens to be filled with a general state of uncertainty and unrest. Hello, 2020, right? Can I get an amen? Yeah. But you're just, you're not stuck here and you can do something about it. And that's really what my, my point is today. First of all, I'm going to take you through a short quiz. So grab a pen and a paper if you don't already have it. And if you don't have a pen and paper, I'm always using my notes section on my phone. You can do that too. But I'm going to take you on a, a short quiz to help you find out your personal level of stress and how, how you're handling handling this. Um, and this is based on a perceived stress scale. And it's just a, one of the most widely popular used stress assessment tests that they give, uh, using these type of questions to rank your overall stress, as well as how effectively you've been coping with the stress. So are you ready? All right. And if not, pause me. Pause me and go get ready. All right. Okay, there's 10 questions, all right? So you can number one through 10. The first one, I'm gonna ask you, number one, in the last month, so the last 30 days, how often have you been upset because of something that happened unexpectedly? All right, so you're gonna answer one through five. One is never, two is almost never, three is sometimes, four is fairly often, and five is very often. And that's going to be how you're going to answer all the the rest of the questions, okay? So that's number one. In the last month, how often have you been upset because of something that happened unexpectedly? Question number two. In the last month, how often have you felt that you were unable to control the important things in your life? Is it never, almost never, sometimes, fairly often, or very often? Number three. And just write what comes to you right away. Okay. Don't overthink it. In the last month, how often have you felt nervous and stressed? Have you felt this never, almost never, sometimes, fairly often, or very often? Number four, in the last month, how often have you found that you could not cope, just could not cope with all of the things that you had to get done? Was it never? Was it almost never? Sometimes? fairly often, or was it very often? Number five, how are we doing? 
Don't worry, don't sit there and give yourself judgments because I'm going to tell you how to assess and then how to fix what's not working. But in the last month, okay, number five, how often have you been angered because of things that happened that were outside of your control? All right, Has, again, never, almost never, sometimes, fairly often, or very often. And be honest. Number six, in the last month, how often have you felt difficulties were piling up so high that you could not overcome them? Was it never? Is it almost never? Sometimes? Fairly often? Or is it very often? All right, number seven, in the last month, how often have you felt confident about your ability to handle your personal problems? Never? Almost never, sometimes, fairly often, or very often. Number eight, in the last month, how often have you felt that things were going your way? Never, almost never, sometimes, fairly often, or very often. All right, next, number nine, in the last month, how often have you been able to control irritations in your life? Is it never, almost never, sometimes, fairly often, very often? And number 10, in the last month, how often have you felt that you were on top of things? Never, almost never, sometimes, fairly often, or very often? All right, so now what? So you have all these questions, right? You went through there. I want you to just look over how many of these 10 10, uh, questions here. And all you've done is given yourself just the ability to, you know, assess your stress level in the past 30 days. And yeah, 30 days is just a general rule of thumb because obviously we can talk about the last year, but if we just break it down to the last 30 days, it's really where your body's affected. All right. Uh, So now I want you to ask yourself uh, all those answered questions. All right. Count up how many nevers you have. Count up how how many almost nevers you have. Count up how many sometimes, fairly often, or very often that you have. All right? Now, looking at that and looking at the highest of number, which is five, right? Very often was five. I want you to add them up in in a a course of one through five. So if you have, let's say, 10 nevers, then you would have 10 points. Does that make sense? But if you have 10 very often, you'd have 100. So count them up. I know give each, each one a number. So never is one, almost never is two, sometimes is three, fairly often is four, and very often is five. So the least you'll get is 10, okay? And then the most you'll get is 100, okay? Perfect. All right. So if you have, say, 10 to 20, your perception of stress is relatively low. And that's great. You really have nothing to worry about. You're on the right track. Okay. So you got the lowest 10 to 20. Okay. Now the next, we're going to move into 21 to 50. Now, 21 to 50, your perception of stress is pretty moderate. And you're doing a lot of right things, and you can also do some things to improve, 
right? Because there's always room to improve if we have some sort of stress. So that's where I'm going to give you some ideas now. Now, if you're above a 50, your perception is pretty high and it's most likely going to go up from there. I know that's a big range, 50 to 100, uh, but that's just generally where we start to increase. If we start to see patterns like that increasing, then most likely we're going to have more problems. So it's okay though, right? Again, I'm telling you that this is okay. You can do something about this. It's not, uh, it's not out of your control. It's actually within your control. So I'm going to, I'm going to explain a little bit about the stress, the chronic stress that it takes on our body, takes a toll on our body. Uh, you feel puffy, lethargic, dull, um, and the causes and effects of this and uh, I'm going to talk about and how to address it. So again, taking notes is always a helpful thing. So when you're feeling this, when you're, you're having the chronic stress, or again, you're anywhere extremely, again, between the 50 to 100, you might notice that everything hurts. Right, you can feel the tight muscles in your body. Your, your your nerves are sensitive, and just feel really, you know, tight and and sensitive. Uh, your GI issues seem more common. You know, maybe having the nerves and changes in your digestion, which intensify your heartburn, your stomach aches and diarrhea, and this is all accumulated uh, can be to uh, the chronic stress. Uh, maybe your workouts feel impossible. Uh, lack of sleep and stress both hinder your ability to recover from one workout to the next, so you're not getting that rest or the the ability to recover when you are resting. Maybe you're feeling fogged over like in your brain. Again, just you can't remember things. You just feel foggy. Um, poor sleep leaves you feeling forgetful, more impulsive, more touchy, you know, just really sensitive and full of self-doubt. Um, and plus, you just can't concentrate for the life of you. And uh, you keep getting sick. So again, you're just not, you're not able to fight any infections or illnesses as well. So the white, white blood cell levels drop and the inflammation in your body goes up when you're under stress more often. So it's harder to fight the infections and heal your wounds. The blood vessels are constricted and resting heart rate rises and then increases your risk of diabetes and heart disease and many more issues. So it's really important to take note today if you were between the 50 to 100. Um, you struggle with your weight. This is a big one. A lot of people come and they're just complaining, I can't lose weight. I'm doing everything quote unquote right. I don't know what it could be. And when we go through everything, they're getting enough nutrition, they're getting you know enough of everything that they need. A lot of time it just comes back to the chronic sleep. So even if they are getting the sleep, they're not getting the rest in their sleep. It's not the uh, quality sleep uh, because it's they're chronically stressed. So the levels of your hunger hormone ghrelin rises while your levels of satiety hormone leptin drop. So you're just not feeling satisfied anymore, which then boosts your cravings. And again, your mean, your metabolism is slower because it's not working efficiently because your body's just <laughs> dealing with that cortisol pumping in your body all the time. And you're just never in the mood, okay? Your sex hormone uh, drops, uh, you know, producing just no sex drive, <laughs> just very limited or none, uh, another uh, big sign. So, and some of these symptoms range from mild to severe. So again, anywhere you are on that scale of, if you are in the 50 to 100, you might have just more milder issues here, all these uh, uh, symptoms, or it could be more severe. So either way, still want you to take action and uh, write down some of these tips to help you uh, gain control over the chronic stress. So ongoing negative stressors that wear you down are Let's just start with the worldwide pandemic, okay? Because we can all relate with that one. Uh, maybe having conflict with loved ones, another huge stressor that breaks you down, wears you down, prolonged financial worries, a big problem for a lot of people, endless to-do lists, just those lists that never seem to end. And you could cross it off all you want, but the next day is just filled up again. You're continuously worrying about stuff all the time. 
you're overusing stimulants again, like caffeine and sugar and fat and salt. Uh, it, you know, that's why a lot of us turn to the processed foods because of this uh, issue. Um, we're distressing, or we have a distressing work environment. And again, that could be if you're working at home too, because it's it's stressful to be at home working. Sometimes it's easier, but a lot of times it's just stressful because there's a lot of other stuff happening at home. And then dealing with racial discrimination, which is really you know a, a big problem, and what's been more widely talked about this year, which hopefully will be helpful. But being more stress sensitive uh, means that uh, two things. If you're stress resistant, um, you most likely have a strong support or a strong network of people in your environment to help you. Uh, you have a better sense of control over what's going on around you. You're more optimistic. You're able to go with the flow. You have an upbeat ap- attitude most of the time. Uh, your time, you're, you're spending time in a soothing environment, whether that's, uh, you know, just checking off, getting out of that work, go, go, go phase, uh, dealing with meditation, uh, doing things that you love, hobbies and stuff that you just feel calm and, and relaxed. Um, and you're dealing with, cope. you have coping skills to deal with, like deep breathing, yoga, meditation, prayer, um, having you know systems to help you. Um, when you're stress sensitive, the opposite of these are true. You're more isolated. Again, your isolation is a problem. Uh, you're dealing with traumatic early life experiences. So everything is harder because of that. Uh, You're feeling more pessimistic and you're more reactionary uh, towards things and you're just, you react very quickly. Uh, You have too much time in go, 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 right? An example is work. Let's just go, go, get it all done. To-do list, get it all done. All these responsibilities, get it all done. And then we're stressing at the same time. And you have few, if any, coping skills. And so all of this is, you know, again, the the better coping, stress resistant to the stress sensitive. And so we want to find them a happy medium because you don't have to be perfect, right? You don't have to be all on the stress resistant spectrum, but how can you handle to deal with it? And at the end of it all, guys, not enough rest and recovery is a huge problem because what gets pushed off is our sleep. Sleep and relaxation and which who does that anymore, right? Unless we're told or we, we know how important it is to relax. These allow your body to adapt, to the stresses in life. It adapts, it repairs. So again, if you're exercising, if you're not being able to sleep and relax, you're not adapting or repairing. And that's a problem. You're breaking down over time and it's going to become more of a, a injury prone uh, response versus growth and, and good results. And you're never going to grow stronger. So when you don't give yourself enough downtime, you grow weaker and your athletic performance will suffer. Okay, so here's six steps I'm going to give you to address these problems. Number one is rule out any other problems. Number one, we just want to get out. You want to make sure nothing else is going on. So you might want to go in, get your, get a test um, and just test for all the, the issues that might be maybe anemic, uh, other conditions that look and feel like these conditions that you're just symptoms, symptoms that you might be dealing with. Okay, so once you know and you've ruled out that, Step number two is to look for hidden stressors. So some stressors don't feel stressful, right? And and which ones do you have at this moment? Number one, are you frequently using social media? Is it your go-to? I know I feel I see so many people, the minute they have they sit down, it's downtime, their knee-jerk reaction is to pick up their phone and check social media. Why has that become a habit? It's not a good habit, right? 
And then there's a lot of negative responses that come from that that we don't even understand. Uh, you know, looking at people's posts and, and feeling whatever we're feeling and, and the anger towards it and the judgments and the fears and the doubts and all this comparison games. So that's one huge stressful thing that we might not even understand. Obsessive news consumption. How much news can we watch uh, you know, until we start to feel like we have no hope in the world. Because news is just all bad news, right? It, they don't, it's not good news. They don't share the good news. It's all bad news. Uh, so looking at how much news that you're looking to consume. Um, maybe you're living somewhere where it's highly polluted, high air pollution. Uh, some, somewhere that you're always dealing with excessive noise, noise pollution. Uh, you're frequently traveling. Uh, you have intense exercise. Again, you don't, you're not taking in rest days and recovery days. You have a lot of food intolerances, all right? And this is a growing problem that I'm, I'm hearing more and more from people. All of these are. Uh, maybe you're having more and more caffeine now. You know, you're turning to caffeine as a, a supplement to give you that energy or that, that pick-me-up. More, maybe more alcohol, uh, especially in the evening. I hear a lot of people, you know, turn to their red wine in the night, glass of beer, you know, uh, whatever it is to be able to relax and you're turning to something outside of you. Uh, being someone who's always on, whether it's texts and emails and notifications, um, there's really no unplug. Um, having long commutes and traffic, if you know, if you're still driving distance, uh, distance, uh, distances. There we go, towards work or you know anywhere else. Uh, being in an unhappy relationship or having other unhappy relationships. It doesn't have to be a love interest relationship. It could be you know somewhere in your family, your friends, your coworkers, and whatever it is. Unhappy relationships are a huge problem. Lack of confidence. You know how much you believe in yourself. How much do you doubt yourself? This is a big problem as well. Um, and then comparing yourself to others. Okay, all of these are stressors that we don't understand, but they are stressors. Um, they don't feel stressful at the time, but they are. All right, so now... Um, Step number three is to log your stress. So for one week, just seven days, so from today until the next week, I want you to look to keeping track of your stressors and your symptoms. So here's what you're going to do. Every single morning um, when you wake up, I want you to track your stress. How do you feel? What is? Are you being met in the, you know, the first few minutes of waking up um, by thoughts in your mind and what are they and how, how is that affecting you? Are you feeling stressed? Oh my gosh, I have to do this today. I have to do that today. I don't have enough money for this. We don't have enough time for that. I have all these responsibilities. Like how is your morning when you wake up? Uh, and, and do you go for your phone? I know a lot of people go and they'll check their phone right away. You know, track that. What are your responses in the morning? How do you feel when you wake up? Uh, rate how you slept. All right. Did you sleep soundly? Did you wake up a lot? Did you have a hard time sleeping? Um, and then I'm going to have you take your heart rate and your temperature in the um, morning, just upon getting up when it's at the, uh, uh, you know, before you move through your day. So before your heart rate starts to elevate, I want to see where you're at and a resting um, heart rate. And then where's your temperature? Is it really low? Is it really high? Where is it at? Um, and then I want you to track your stressors and symptoms throughout the day. So what you eat and drink has a huge effect on your body, okay? So track how much, again, sugar, caffeine, fat, and uh, salt, alcohol, all these things that you're eating at, because that has a big indica indication of the stress through your day, how you feel through your day, you know, notice the ups and downs, and then exposure to any hidden stressors, again, that we I talked about just before this. Um, and then every evening, what time did you go to sleep? Uh, studies show that if you're going to sleep after 10 o'clock, your body actually spikes up and it makes you believe that you actually are more awake. Going to sleep, actually being in bed and falling asleep before 10 is 
the best thing you can do for yourself in terms of if you don't know what else to do because you have so much on your plate, go to bed before 10 o'clock at night. Like get in bed by 9.30, 9.45 so that you're in bed by 10 and you don't have that spike. And then how you feel every evening. Like how is, it, how is your stress in the evening? What are you doing to decompress? Okay, so log that. Step number four is to start to remove stressors. How can you do this? I have some tips. Again, you can write down what makes most sense to you, what you're able to do. Maybe talk to someone, talk to a therapist, talk to a health coach, talk to somebody who can actually help giving you giving you some feedback on that. Limit, limit your exposure to the news. No more than one to twice a day. I, I don't really even listen because chances are, uh, trust me, if there's something that's important to know, we're going to hear about it. If somebody's going to tell us. So I don't even look to, to the news. If it's there, if it comes on, somebody tells me, great, but limit your own exposure if you're someone who's addicted to news. No more than one to two times a day. Um, and then time box worrying, like give yourself a uh, time that you're going to sit down and worry like, okay, I'm going to worry between one to one thirty today and set that up in your schedule. It sounds silly, but then you can get on with your day and, and you feel like you've accomplished something because your brain's always trying to uh, take action and handle things, right? So when you're always worrying, there's really no, you're, you're not accomplishing much. You have that chronic stress pumping out in your body. So give yourself a time frame. worry, 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 come up with some solutions and move on. It's a great uh, habit. Uh, work at home if you're not already one day a week. Can you talk to your boss? Can you figure that out? So you can work at home one day a week and make it an environment that is pleasant to you. Again, if you're already working at home, well, then we're going to look away. Maybe work somewhere else. Go somewhere else and work uh, one day a week. Um, ask for help. Again, speaking with someone, a supervisor, if you're having issues at work or something that uh, higher up can help you. Uh, again, time box your social media too, just like you're worrying. So maybe you check your social media only between six and seven at night. And that's it. You don't have to keep looking all day long, okay? It's just a habit that's not helping us. Um, outsource your fav- least favorite chores. Listen, if you have been cleaning your house and doing your laundry and doing all this stuff and you have so many things on your plate, looking to outsource and finding a way, maybe finding a, a teenager in your family that you can pay uh, some somebody or hire someone to come and clean your house once a week or every once a month, Um sending out your laundry or whatever it may be to help you take that off your plate. Establishing boundaries. This is big, 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 big. So example, no work messages after seven o'clock at night. Why are you checking that? That shouldn't be a thing. Give yourself the time to shut off, disconnect and unplug. It's an important thing to help your mind and body relax and stop the pumping of that cortisol into your body. Uh, Automating less important decisions like eat this same thing for breakfast every day. For me, I am a creature of habit, but not because I'm boring. It's just because it's easier for me. I get up, I eat the same thing every single day. I I follow pretty much the same meals every single day. You know, I eat at the same time. I have a, a kind of a a routine of favorite foods for the family for dinner. We just kind of rotate, you know, based on what I have and what I have available. Uh, And just a little bit creative here and there as I need to be. But for the most part, pretty much a creature of habit. It makes uh, me relax more because I don't have to worry every single time I eat. Oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? And then I don't chance to skip a meal either, which is not good for us in the long run. Um, And then consider breaking up or moving away from toxic, chronic stressors like toxic relationships, uh, situations or people that aren't helping you. You don't have to fire your family if it's somebody that you, you know, you can't break up with uh, someone, if it's your parent or child or sibling. You know what? Just limit the time you're around them and 
learn techniques to be able to handle uh, how they react to you so that you don't react right back in the ways that are going to stress you out because you do have control. Um, and then adding some stress relievers is step number five. So I'm going to give you a list. I'm just going to I'm going to name a few off. I want you to write down at least five of these that you think that might sound like something you're, you're able to start right now. And they're going to work for you, right? You'll know because as I say them, and then you're always going to have one when you need it. So here are some ideas. Meditation. You know, and you could as easily as go onto YouTube, for, look for a guided meditation, plug in your earphones and just lay down and listen to it. Um, but meditation, whatever that looks like for you. Doing yoga, tai chi, deep breathing, stretching, uh, having a discussion with somebody that's close to you, a meaningful relationship and just talk, you know, just, just be able to have something that someone to, to kind of bounce off of. Um, having a sauna, going to a sauna might be a challenge right now, but having that for maybe the future, if not now reading, I love to read, listening to music, it changes your mood instantly. And whatever that music is, that is, uh, you know, inspiring or helpful for you drinking tea, you know, it just kind of gives that whole like relaxation sense already when you hear that sitting and daydreaming, you know, finding somewhere you could sit in a, in a quiet space that doesn't feel stressful to and daydreaming, taking a warm bath, Maybe lighting a candle, lighting a candle while you're taking a warm bath or one, you know, one uh, separately. Uh, aromatherapy, writing down your problems. It's just such a, it's, it's a proven method to get that out, get it out of your brain. So it's not pumping through your brain, but you're writing it down. Your brain actually feels like you've done something uh, to handle it. Connecting with friends, you know, whether it's a phone call, you meet them for coffee, uh, whatever it is, connect with friends. Doing something that makes you happy, like an artwork from their childhood, maybe painting, drawing, coloring, get a color book with crayons. It might sound silly, but there's something really beneficial about it. Recreational sports or activities, you know, something that's fun for you that you get out of your brain and you just move your body. Taking walks, one of, one of my favorite things that I know it's been a popular, uh, you know, new activity these days, but just taking a walk. All you have to do is walk outside and just go walk wherever. To spending time in nature, maybe planting a garden, sitting outside in your backyard, having a space that you could just breathe, going to a park, uh, going to the beach, the mountains, whatever that may be. Time in nature is so uh, just it's a very big, uh, wonderful way to reduce stress. Counting your blessings, right? I mean, we count our problems all day long, but why don't you sit down and count your blessings and maybe practicing this once a day and looking through well, all the things you could come up with intentionally noticing beauty. Uh, I started practicing this and I loved it because there was things that I didn't even realize in my day-to-day -day life that I, I wasn't even noticing. I was just walking by or not, um, not giving it the attention it needed and deserved. So intentionally noticing beauty around you. And the reason why this is a really cool a practice is because the moment you start to intentionally notice more beauty around you, the more you're going to see because you've actually activated your brain to find the things that are beautiful in your life. Uh, writing a thank you note or just getting in the habit of writing thank you notes. And it could be for anything. It doesn't have to be for a gift. It could be for many things. Searching for silver linings. What is the silver lining in this year? What is the silver lining in this stress? What is the silver lining in anything? Finding it. Um, and then the last one I have for you is intentionally spreading happiness. The more you can spread, listen, it's only going to continue. It's that ripple effect. So don't let your energy, you know, react negatively with somebody else. Be intentional about spreading happiness and joy around you. Um, so 
Try to come up with your own if these aren't enough for you, but pick one. Pick one to try um, and practice it. Track your morning heart rate, temperature, your mood, and your energy level, okay? So we started there. Um, after 14 days, so let's do two weeks of this, look at your journal. How is the changes that we're talking about today working for you? And then you can repeat the process. Repeat what's working and then change the things that aren't. And the last step I have for you today is to, step number six is embrace your incremental change for long-term success. Now, quality nutrition, again, what are you eating? What are you choosing? Is a big is it's going to help you because obviously what we eat, it fuels us. And if we choose to eat crap, we're going to feel like crap. So choosing wholesome foods, uh, the best that you can, most quality and most nutritious, less processed. Um, getting the right amount of sleep, being able to deepen your sleep by going to bed before 10, uh, by reducing the noise before, you know, turning off work uh, messages after seven and just spending time with your family or uh, doing practices that calm you down until you go to sleep. And then these self-care strategies can all protect you from that chronic stress and the effects that it has on your body. But an all or nothing approach is counterproductive. So don't try to be perfect. Health practices are like dials. What does it feel like when you bump them up by just a notch or two, right? Once you get a little bit better in your nutrition, then you're going to notice the effects and maybe you'll try to bump it up a little bit more. It doesn't have to be huge. Try one meal, right? And then maybe you'll start to add more and more and more. Add more vegetables. Add one more serving of vegetables. Take it one step at a time. Your sleep. Start with one of these. Don't try to do these all. I know I gave you a lot of information. Don't try to just do it all at once. You're going to fail because it's too much. You're already overwhelmed. Don't add more overwhelm when you're trying to disrupt that overwhelm. You're trying to bring it down. So start with one little uh, step. You know, shutting off your your notifications, um, trying to uh, allow yourself to decompress after 7 p.m. and getting in bed before 10. And then your self-care. And, and you don't have me, you don't need me to tell you what that is. It's these little steps that make you feel better about yourself, that make you take care of yourself. It's like imagining your, your favorite person in the whole wide world. How would you treat that person? You love them so much. You need to be that person. You need to be the center of your world. And it's not about you being an egotistical person. It's not about you being selfish. It's about you pouring into yourself so that you can then pour into others more efficiently uh, and with better results long-term. So I hope this was beneficial and that you did take notes uh, and that you do practice. Don't just let this information come and go. There's so much information these days and a lot of times we just allow it to seep in and then seep right you know, back out into the world. Take action on the things that spoke to you the most and I look forward to the next time we can get together and talk about an important topic. Until then, be well, be healthy, and be happy.